In 2000, DreamWorks released an animated film that flew very much under the radar, didn't do that hot, and yet remains one of their most entertaining and unnecessarily adult family-friendly films, The Road to El Dorado. Celebrating its 20th anniversary on March 31st, we thought, you know, to fill time for the coronavirus, uh, pulling wide releases from theaters, let's do some anniversary films. Road to El Dorado came up. We thought, why the fuck not? Yeah, we we, we did a film in 95. We're going to yeah. do a film in 2000. We want to do a film in 2005. Yeah. So on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Whatever and, has uh, a good round number in it. Yeah, and you know, like, it's March, so we were looking at that month, and we both were like, holy shit. Did you see Road to El Dorado as a kid? And I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, so did I. You know, it's just one of those, if you did see it, you love it. Yes. But not a lot of us saw it. It's true. It was very... <laughs> Uh, this immediately, this came right before Shrek for yeah. DreamWorks, yeah. which was... And right after Ants. Right? Yeah. So it's it's middle, it's wedged in between these two, like, Titan DreamWork movies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we, yeah, we want to shine a spotlight on this movie because watching it recently, we realized there's a lot in here that's not not good for kids. No, and, and much like, you know, <laughs> Shrek has, you know, pushes the boundaries, but this movie does it way more. Whoa. Way more. Yeah. And uh, I, I adore Shrek with all my heart, but there's a place, time and place for Road to El Dorado, man. Absolutely. And, and right yeah. now is it. And this marks our first animated film on the podcast. Which is crazy. Yeah. Can't believe it took us this long. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say, I was looking into that. Um, as far as this past year, I think Toy Story 4 is the only one that both of us saw in theaters. Yeah. Only animated movie. Yeah. And we weren't doing the um, consistent, uh, you know, movies on the podcast. True. Until True. Once Upon a Time. And that movie came out right before then. It came out a month before, Toy Story 4. So we weren't doing it yet. We totally would have done Toy Story 4 yeah. had we had that format. It just it just so happens that right now, you know, Onward came out. You got to see it. I didn't get to see it because sure. now theaters are closed down. We would have done that as well. Yeah. It just so happens that Road to El Dorado is the first one we've done because we just kind of missed. Things have just not been placed correctly. Well, I did see that Onward will be appearing on Disney Plus on April 3rd. Yes, so which I'll be we... watching on April 3rd and we'll go. record, you know, as soon as we can. I yeah. cannot wait to watch that. I've heard oh, nothing you're... but amazing things. Oh, you're going to cry, man. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah cry. you and my older oldest brother, Adam, have both told me, yeah, it's going to like tear me to shreds. So. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm ready. All my favorite Pixar movies are, that's what they do, like up and inside out. They're so out. good at that. Yeah, they just sh- yeah tear you to pieces. DreamWorks makes you laugh. Pixar makes you cry. I, I have a random question about another animated movie for you. Yeah. I watched Tarzan recently. Tarzan, yeah. Because, you know, with the corona, you know, I'm hanging out a lot with my girlfriend and my one-year-old daughter, so we'll throw some animated stuff on. Yeah, of course. Uh, Tarzan. I remember, but my girlfriend did not, that the father and mother were killed. Yes. By, by, by Sabor at the beginning of the film. Yeah. And she totally, she was like, I swear to God that they didn't show the bodies. Like, when I first saw this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's always been a part of the film yeah. where you see like the blood tracks and then you see the two bodies laying down. Holy shit. And then you see the picture frame broken. Yeah. It's really, really dark, but I'm like, yeah, it's always been there. You know, this movie's been around since 1999. <laughs> and she's like, no, I didn't see that as a kid. I'm like, yeah, cause you're a kid. You're just watching the gorilla save the baby. You know, it's true. But when you get older, you know, these Disney and Pixar movies just like, whoa, you know, yeah. they can kind of, I think Tarzan's a lot has grown for me is one of the ones that has grown because of how, how much depth there is to it. Oh, Tarzan's dark. Uh, yeah. Well, and then you got stuff with Clayton and Tarzan where they're going back and forth, like, you know. About, Dude, he hangs uh, himself by accident. Yeah. You see his body yeah. swinging in the shadows. Another thing that Brianna swears <laughs> that she did not see the first time she saw the movie. She's yeah. like, I don't remember seeing a guy hanging. That's you know? ridiculously dark. Good yeah. God. So, yeah, I just want to bring that up to you because I'm like, I know you would remember. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, I vaguely remember a broken picture frame. It's been years since I saw Tarzan. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I think I, I remember some semblance of bodies. I remember well, Blood Trail. Sabor's a rough villain, man, you know? Is he, though? I mean, I think he's just a, just acting out like a leopard. I mean, there's really anything like vindictive about it. He could fuck off and go mess with other, you know... This is a big jungle. <laughs> yeah, it seems many, like he keeps fucking with the same gorillas. But how though. many people and gorillas are there in this jungle? I mean, he wants, you know... He wants Tarzan. He wants well, what's great is Tarzan gets to kill him because, you know... Vengeance. Yeah, he... Yeah, you killed my parents, I kill you. All right, we're all good, you know? Now the world can... It's a crazy movie. It is a crazy movie. We'll have to do it on here one day. But yeah, it, there's a lot of those ones where you forget. I, another one that, that stands out to me is Pixar's Finding Nemo. Oh, the beginning movie. is wicked dark. Yeah, man. Wicked dark. I mean, like a hundred babies die and a mom. Yeah. You know, and the, leaving the one baby, you know... Who's like men, mentally you know, handicapped or uh, physically, uh, physically handicapped. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck. And it's a clownfish, you know? Like, oh, man. You know, it's just... If that were like on human, if they're like on human terms, like say, you know, it's like a movie about just some couple in New York City and they have like a bunch of kids. They have 10 kids. They all die. Some Someone psycho come, breaks into their except house. Except for two of them. And the one that, that's still alive doesn't have an arm, you know, like, oh my God. <laughs> so where do they come up with this shit? You know, it's crazy. Well, that brings yeah. it back around to dream, <laughs> to DreamWorks. DreamWorks very much more playful with their, with their things. I think this movie gets very dark at times. I think we both agree. Yeah, but it's like the comedy is so adult and so it, it ages so well because of that. Yeah, it's when I watched it. I was like, this is better than I remember, which I didn't anticipate feeling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love this movie. I can't wait to talk about it. It's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. Right on. Let's get into it. I'm Connor Izagari. I'm Austin Johnson. And welcome to an animated edition of Filmgasm. The Road to El Dorado came out in 2000, and it did not do well. Nope. It failed at the box office, grossed only $76 million on a budget of $95 million. Like, you know, pretty much put DreamWorks in a corner because they had a whole franchise planned with these two guys, Miguel and Tulio, where they were going to discover various, look, you know, hidden treasures across the globe. And uh, that could have been kind of cool. But, you know, they've canceled all of that. And then a year later, they gambled on Shrek and that became one of the most successful animated franchises of all time. So, yeah, nobody, you know, everyone forgot about The Road to El Dorado, but I didn't. I had that movie on tape as a kid. I watched it all the time because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and I still have, you know, I just bought it on DVD recently. Still think it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. You know what? It's actually on Hulu right now. Oh, kick ass. Yeah, so like when I was, I was like, put the DVD in and then I happened to be on Hulu already because we were watching Steven Universe <laughs> as we always do in our household. <laughs> and uh, I was just scrolling through and I was like, oh, it's right there. Like, <laughs> my God. So for anyone who's listening, if you want to go back and watch it and then listen to the podcast, yeah, fucking do that because it's worth your time. I recommend doing that. It's like an hour and 28 minutes of just glory. <laughs> it really, yeah. So check it out. Yeah. It brings back the... Uh, Songwriting duo of Elton John and Tim Rice from The Lion King. Yes. The songs are a lot more lazy, but still entertaining. And he's still got that voice, man. Oh, he's, he's Elton John. Yeah, he's Elton you, you can't John. get over Elton John. Yeah. It's beautiful. And this is this is 20 years ago, Elton John. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, the film stars Kevin Klein and Kenneth Branagh as con men Miguel and Tulio. And um, they're just, they're, they're hilarious. They're these two jackasses who cheat their way into making the people of El Dorado think that they're the gods who created the city. <laughs> and they do not try very hard no. to cheat their way through this, but nobody questions them. I love that. And uh, 
I didn't realize this until we started recording, but the film is actually loosely based on Rudyard Kipling's The Man Who Would Be King. Famous story about two soldiers who find this undiscovered civilization and trick them into thinking they're gods. I never put that together. Neither did I. I saw that movie in high school with uh, Sean Connery and Michael Caine. Uh-huh. It was good. Yeah. It's a very good movie. I've never seen it. I'll have to check it out. They get, you know, it's the same deal. They're best friends who cheat their way into this, and then they start, one of them starts believing the con, starts, you know, thinking, like, life is good. I'm a king here. They have a falling out, and then there you go. <laughs> no Elton John songs in that one, though, I don't think. <laughs> no. No. So the guys who made this movie, or directed it, are uh, Bi- Eric Bibo Bergeson. Yeah. Bergeron, sorry. And Don Paul. Yeah, who have been kind of a directing partnership. And they've done this movie, uh, Shark Tale. Shark Tale. uh, And A Monster in Paris. Those are their highlights. Shark Tale. So I would say it went downhill from here uh, for them. (laughs) But uh, but then, you know, the the guys who wrote this movie are are pretty well known. Oh, yeah. Amongst the animated community. Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott. Yeah, and they they wrote, you know, Aladdin, Shrek, (laughs) this, just those alone. And then... Fucking Pirates of the Caribbean, they moved to live action. So, you know, obviously a lot of talent there in the writing. And you could tell. Oh, yeah. You can really tell there's some quick whipping dialogue. Did they just movie. write the first Shrek? Yeah, that's what it says, yeah. Only the first Shrek, wow. Well, it goes downhill for me. I don't know, Shrek 2 is pretty damn good. I like them <laughs> because I love all the voice actors and I love the characters, but Shrek 1 is, like, just so pristine. It's, like, such a cut-and-dry perfect story. It know? really is. Yeah, uh, it's awesome. <laughs> DreamWorks, obviously, their best input. I we got to figure out a way to do Shrek at some point. <laughs> Yeah, we will. If we ever do a horror movie about an ogre, we're going to do Shrek. But, um, yeah, th- those guys, props. I mean, they definitely had a signature writing style of, you know, making a movie for kids, but sneaking in some shit for the adults. Like, stuff that you don't pick up on until yes. you watch it later, and I love that. Yeah. That's the best kind of it, of kind of kids movie. Agreed. You know, one of my favorite bits from, like, any movie ever <laughs> is in Space Jam, and it's something that I missed completely as a kid, and then later I got it. Bugs Bunny's talking to Lola for the first time and he turns into like a piece of wood <laughs> <laughs> and then falls to the ground and like, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. oh man, that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so sly. <laughs> uh, and then of course you have like the actual like lazy, stupid shit that Disney has actually done in like Little Mermaid and Lion King where people are convinced that there's like the word sex in the sand, all that stuff. Yeah. Don't want to go down that road. No. I like the funny stuff. <laughs> The witty stuff. The I like the stuff. funny innuendos, yeah. <laughs> and there's a ton of that in The Road to El Dorado. Tons, yeah. And we are going to get into that. For sure. So Kevin Klein, he's an Oscar winner, one for his role in A Fish Called Wanda, one of the few actors to win an Oscar for a comedy, like a yeah. straight-up comedy. Yeah. Well-deserved. He's fucking hilarious as Otto, this crazy asshole. It's an awesome movie, man. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Branagh, uh, acclaimed actor, director. I think we've talked about him briefly before. I don't yeah. remember what episode, what movie it was though, but um, I'm not sure what it would have been. I'm gonna look it up, but you know, I, I like I adore him. Uh, something recent would be Dunkirk. Uh, to me, he's the only part of Murder on the Orient Express that was good. The new one, he was in Harry Potter because he played Gilderoy Lock- Gilder Gilder Lockhart. There you go. That was why we talked about. Yeah, it. yeah, and he uh, he's been nominated for five Oscars. We talked about him before. My week with Marilyn. I mean, yeah, much ado about nothing. Henry, Henry V, Fifth, Hamlet. Yeah, he's just a British legend. Oh, he's a thespian, big time. He does Shakespeare. Yes, he directs. He's, yes, he's doing the Poirot movies now, and he's he's great. <laughs> he's he's Miguel. <laughs> he yeah, and and you know my favorite character of the movie. 
Yeah, Miguel Miguel is the fucking man. He is. And I don't know anyone who's team Tulio. Everybody's team Miguel. You yeah, gotta be. Tulio's a prick. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Tulio, I can tell a lot about you already, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> Miguel is fun. He like you know, he's doing this for the adventure. Yeah. Tulio's yeah. in it for the money. <laughs> I love that. I love they had no plan. Just like, how the hell are we gonna get 300 tons of gold back to Spain? I never even thought, oh. Uh, Rosie Perez plays Chell, a very interesting character. She just kind of wants to leave the city, and she seduces Tulio to do it. Very weird. Rosie yeah, per- yeah, yeah. Rosie Perez recently appeared in Birds of Prey as Renee Montoya. Great yeah. character. Oh, yeah, she's my favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, do the right thing. You know, she's... Uh, she has an Oscar nomination for 1993's Fearless. Yeah, and she was also in White Men Can't Jump in the early 90s. Yeah, just like a kind of like a cultural legend amongst the Latino community. And uh, for me, anyway, for me, anyway, she's like one of those those voices that you just can pick up right away. Like yeah. it's there's no one else that sounds like her. And she is perfect for Chell. Yeah, perfect. Chell. Yeah, Chell's uh, Chell's intentions are odd. <laughs> yeah, we'll say uh, we don't get to we don't have a lot of character background on her. We don't really get a lot of character background on anybody. On anyone, yeah. It's pretty yeah. one-dimensional, mm-hmm. but the comedy and the the dialogue, I think it makes up for it. Yeah, and the quick story, yeah. 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 Uh, Armando Santi plays Chekel Khan, our villain. He's the high priest of El Dorado, the only person in this movie who honestly could get away with being a god. <laughs> he has yeah. supernatural powers. Why he doesn't rule this city already is... Crazy knowledge, yeah. 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 Like, how is there any battle between him and the chief, like, this is a no-brainer. <laughs> if much, you're the guy, much like Aladdin with Jafar. If you can, if you're the guy who can bring giant statues to life, you're in charge. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> and Armando Santi, for those of you who remember 19, the '90s uh, Judge Dredd, he plays Rico, yes. the weird clone brother of Judge Joseph Dredd. Very weird movie. <laughs> uh, and then Chief, T- uh, I don't remember the guy's name, Chief. Tenebach, I think it was. He's played by Edward James Olmos. Yes. Another tentpole in the Latino community. And he had his, an Oscar nomination for the movie Stand and Deliver. You ever see Stand and Deliver? Oh, my God. It's the only movie about math I've ever enjoyed. Unbelievable <laughs> movie. Um, I loved him in Dexter. It was brief. Yes, good call. I thought the story could have been done better, but for what he did do, he was good. I haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, so I can't You're say right. anything about that. But uh, everything I've seen... Edward James almost in. I've I've enjoyed him in. He's a very talented actor. And he's great as the as the chief. Oh yeah. Wonderful. Oh, Blade Runner, of course. Yeah, American yeah. Gangster he's in, right? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's he's one of those guys you'll be oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you just go down the resume. <laughs> Tobin Bell has a brief appearance as the guy that loses to Miguel Antulio in the dice game at the beginning. Pretty cool. <laughs> I love that scene, man. The loaded dice. Then Jim Cummings plays Cortez. You know who else Jim Cummings plays? Winnie the fucking Pooh. Also, Jim Cummings is the name of the guy Patrick Swayze plays in Donnie Darko. That's kind of weird. <laughs> oh, no, it's Jim Cunningham. Okay, I was going to say, that's yeah. really weird. <laughs> but to be able to do such a, you know, to do the voice of Winnie the Pooh and then this deep, dark villain <laughs> voice, that guy has incredible range with his voice. Well done. Oh, he's been, in vo- he's been doing voice acting for years, just playing all sorts of different characters. He plays the head guard in Aladdin. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And this movie takes some liberties with history, of course, but the way it portrays Hernan Cortez and the conquistadors 
it's pretty on the money. Yeah. They are dark, scary people. Because Cortez was one of the most monstrous men who ever lived. He conquered the Aztecs. He killed them all and took their gold. That's what he's known for. And yeah, that's what that's where he was going. <laughs> he's going to fuck that city up. Yeah. And I'm glad he didn't get there. But all the scenes with Cortez are like disturbingly dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, w- one thing that I thought was really funny, because I was kind of like locked into the movie last night watching it um, for the podcast, and my girlfriend Brianna is like, man, that haircut. <laughs> 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 Took me completely out of it. I was like, I'm not scared of him anymore. He's got a dopey ass haircut. <laughs> that stupid part. Oh, man. But yeah, no, his stature, the the like, you know, you can do with cartoons, you can do the big, like, Sean Yu, big old shoulders. Yeah. It just changes the way you look at a villain, you know, and when they're that big, he's like a fucking skyscraper. Well, just the way he, like the first, you know, you hear him talking about to Miguel and Tulio when he finds him on the boat and he says, my crew is as carefully chosen as the disciples of Christ. Yeah. What that, a line. Yeah, man. <laughs> talk about talk about writing. Whew. Well done. You will be flogged. And when we put into port, God willing, you will be flogged some more. Yeah. Jesus. I don't think children know what flogging means. Um, I don't think I learned what it meant until. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do kids know what's going on here? How do they know what the stakes are? And if they do, <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. Let's get into the plot of this of this mofo. Let's do it. Oh, but before we do, uh, El Dorado has a... A pretty bad... IMDb score of 6.9 and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 48%. Yikes. Pretty low. And only an audience score of 65%. So this is pretty pretty underground. It feels like the people that I know that I've seen it love it, though. Me you know? too. Right? Like, my, my older brother, Jeremy, you, and one of my really good buddies, Grant. Like, all four of us adore it. And those are some of the closest people in my life. And those are the people I, some people I talk to a lot. So this movie will come up. And like, I don't know, the song, like, El Dorado. <laughs> and my brother and I, Jeremy, have always sung that, you know? Always, still, to this day. I feel, I, I don't know, I feel like a, a lot of these uh, 90s, early 2000s, um, there's so many of them. Oh, the yeah. Animated movies, they're just churning them out. There's bound to be some underground ones. Not surprised that this is the one. Because do you think that if, like, do you think, like, some parents read about the content within, they might be like, eh, I think I'll just pass on that one. That, that one sounds kind of, that one sounds kind of risque. And it might have something like, yeah. oh, yeah, by the way, Cortez talks about, like, yeah, picking disciples like he's Christ and flogging, you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you don't see that in, like, newer, I feel like I didn't see anything like that in Moana, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel like you can't do that anymore. <laughs> True. People, people like read up and figure out things before they take their kids to see it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to validate how in the world this movie didn't make any money. I guess. True. Well, this came out the same year for Disney as The Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Which actually is a it's a similar tone. Yeah. Very similar. So this could be like the deep impact to Emperor New Groove's. Is it Armageddon. Emperor's New Groove in Peru? Yeah. 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 Machu Picchu. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's, interesting. It's pretty close. Pretty interesting. And uh, yeah, I, I get that. And this was, you know, DreamWorks has always kind of had a... Second movie? Third movie? They've had a rep for kind of ripping off Pixar. I mean, Ants was a ripoff of A Bug's Life. Yeah. Shark Tales, a ripoff of Finding Nemo. Ants and... It it just came out like a few months after. Yeah, it is weird. So people knew, you know, if you're going to take your kid to a movie, you see Disney, that's what you're going to go do. People trust Disney as a brand for your kids. Yeah. DreamWorks was still trying to build that. They didn't have that till Shrek. That's true. You're right, you're right. I That's think definitely it, the main reason. Yeah. I can see this movie falling off the radar. Just because it's not Disney. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like we've seen recently, um, what is that company that made Life of Secret Life of Pets and Sing? 
it's just elimination. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just hard to fucking keep up, you know. Oh yeah, and I think like companies that like that realize like, man, it's just hard to compete with that monster who's just making them every four months. You know, well, you gotta. I think it, I think you gotta do the same thing that people do with live action movies, which is you gotta trust the content, and you gotta build the movie. Mm-hmm. You can't oversaturate the market, and you can't not compete either. It's really tough. It is. You gotta find a movie that like you know, Despicable Me, for instance. That made waves because it was unique, it was cool, it was fun, and kids loved it. Yeah. And then they kept going with that. But, you know, Secret Life of Pets, I feel like, is on the opposite side of that, where they just kept, you know, they threw something out there. Yeah. So I don't know what to do. Yeah. And they threw a movie called Sing out there that I, I like, don't know anybody who's seen it. Nope. Kids' movies are strange. (laughs) Very. Yeah. They're either extremely well known or nobody saw it. There's really no middle ground with them. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh. So this movie takes place in 1519, right on the uh, edge of Spanish uh, exploration to the New World. We open with a song expl- from Elton John explaining what El Dorado is, the city of gold bestowed by gods. <laughs> Pretty weak sto- sto- song, I gotta say. It, it is. Great <laughs> voice. <but> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We meet Cortez, who is preparing to set sail. And we see a wanted poster for Miguel and Tulio, these two swindlers. They're playing dice with one of Cortez's men, and they're winning with loaded dice. And they're just in it for the gold. They're, you know, they're like Goldfinger. They, all they care about is gold. And they, uh, they're going to walk away with all, these, with all the guy's gold. And the guy bets a map to El Dorado, which <laughs> Cortez is going to kill this guy. Because he's part of Cortez's crew. Yes. That's why he has this map. But, damn. Like, you gotta be, you gotta have a gambling problem to get, to bet that map. Yeah, you gotta be, gotta be Howie. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be Howard Ratner. Yeah. God, you gotta be, you know, friggin' Dan Mahoney wouldn't bet that map. No. No, no, no. <laughs> but Miguel is like, oh my God, it's an adventure. And Tulio's like, oh, we just won a bunch of, a bunch of gold. Let's walk away. You know, if I believed in fate, I wouldn't be playing with loaded dice. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> and Miguel convinces Tulio to go, you know, to bet on it. And the guy's like, no, no, this time we're going to use my dice. <laughs> and Tulio's like, I'm going to kill you. And he starts, you know, he wants a, gr- a girl to blow on his dice and nobody will do it. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That made me laugh. Come on, come on. He blows on his own dice. <laughs> Which I don't think you can do. No. It doesn't have the same... Same no. effect, no. During all this, Miguel's playing a, like a, a loot. <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> and they roll it. He's a fucking hippie, man. Oh, straight up. <laughs> he rolls it, wanting a seven. He gets a seven. Oh my God. Fate's on their side. And they, Tulio goes to grab for the gold and the map, and his dice fall out, and the guy realizes that the dice are loaded. And Miguel and Tulio do this big show to distract the crowd which is great and comes up later on. Fantastic. Tulio acts like it was Miguel's fault, and they have a fake sword fight. They jump over a wall and get away, end up in a bullpen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miguel's just like, I think we should have kept the swords. <laughs> and he's like, all right, you, he like, you distract him yeah. and I'll run. <laughs> Classic. Good best friends. Oh, yeah. He's like, well, thanks a lot. As yeah. Running away. yeah. They get to the edge of a... How do you still have that map? <laughs> Which is my question, too, because they just got soaked by the ocean. Yeah. Uh, you kept yeah. the map, but you couldn't grab a little more food. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so they end up, 
being chased by this bull, and then later on the conquistadors. Yeah, they end up on the edge of a of a building. They see these two pickle pickle barrels below. They're like, I think we can make it. Until he was like, two Pesetas says we can't make it. Aim for the bushes? Yeah, aim for the bushes. <laughs> they jump, and Miguel's like, told you, and he flicks two coins into the other guy's barrel. I love that. And they get ho- hoisted onto Cortez's ship, and they're going to make a break for it, but then they put somebody puts this big chest over the pickle jars. Yeah. They end up all stuck in the, the truck, way yeah. on the voyage. And I love the whole time they're still trying to push it. One, two, three. <laughs> they come out in front of everybody. They get... Locked in chains and thrown in front of Cortez. And Cortez is pissed. He hates stowaways. He hates anybody who is not handpicked by him. He is a monster. The music that plays, Miguel immediately turns off the charm and is like, oh shit. <laughs> He's terrified. Yes. Like, oof. <laughs> He's telling them like, when we put in for port on Cuba, you're going to be sold to the plantations for the rest of your lives. And Miguel's just like, all right, Cuba. <laughs> yeah, Cuba. Sounds good. <laughs> Let's do this. What an idiot. Cuba. <laughs> All right. Uh, so they get locked in the brig, and they're just, Tulio's banging his head against the wall trying to come up with a plan. And he tells Miguel, All right, here's the plan. In the dead of night, you and I grab some provisions, I check a longboat, and we row back to Spain. And Miguel's like, All right, that sounds great. How do we get on deck? And he's just like, Okay. In the dead of night, you <laughs> have to grab some provisions. <laughs> What's your idea, smart guy? <laughs> and, then he, and then he has the apple. <laughs> El Tivo! Find a pry bar. Miguel, you're talking to a horse. <laughs> <laughs> but the horse, gives, you know, the horse does better than a pry bar. I love the horse. The horse gives him keys. <laughs> Tulio's just like, well, it's not a pry bar. <laughs> that whole scene is brilliant. Yeah, really the horse, is. Altivo. I love that horse. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> it's Cortez's horse, too. And he's played by Frank Welker, the horse who does... He, Frank Welker's another big-name voice actor. Been doing it for years. I think he's Optimus Prime. Or That's right. Is he Is he the guy? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, what is that name? Yeah, yeah. Kick-ass. If I'm wrong about that, I apologize to any Transformers fans out there. <laughs> uh, are there any left? <laughs> oh, shit. Well, we apologize for that one, too. <laughs> Well, after the Mark Wahlberg movie, I feel like that was it, right? True, but I think Bumblebee brought it back a little bit. Oh, I didn't see it. I forgot about that. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't see it either. I gave up after part four. Well, part one, I think, is fine. After that, it was a little downhill for me. I, I feel like the second movie is just forgettable. I don't know. I like parts of them, but honestly, I've never, I was never into Transformers as a kid. Me, me neither. So I have no frame of reference to get excited about with that. Same with Ninja Turtles. It's never been my thing. So, oh yeah, no. Or yeah. Power Rangers. Nah, just like movies, <laughs> movies, and I had you know I was into comic books, so I had Batman and Spider Man. Oh yeah, shit. which yeah, nothing's changed. <laughs> so, uh, with the horse's help, Miguel and Tulio hijack a longboat, <laughs> and they're gonna row back to Spain. And the horse starts making a racket because he wants his apple. So Miguel throws him the apple. It bounces off of uh, the sail, flies into the ocean. Altivo bolts off the ship, jumps after the apple. <laughs> and then he, he starts, uh, you know, he gets caught in a current, starts drowning. Miguel jumps out of the boat to save the horse. Which is just insanity. 
<laughs> How are you going to save a horse? I know, but just the thought. Like, I know, it's great. It's Selflessly, great. I love, like, I, I got to save that horse. I love Miguel. Yeah, man. And the boat, Tulio can't <laughs> grab the boat. The boat falls. And they get the horse. And they get him into the boat. And Cortez's ship overtakes the boat. To which Tulio yells, holy ship. Yeah. Great. There's one of those little bits for the adults. <laughs> and uh, they manage to get the boat up and the horse and Miguel and Tulio are there. Altivo's eating all their supplies. <laughs> and Tulio's just like, great, now what? And Miguel's like, look, at least it can't get any. And then it starts to rain. <laughs> and Tulio's just like, were you going to say worse? <laughs> Pouring. The dialogue of this movie is off the charts. I love it. And yeah, they just start drifting through the ocean and they're being chased by sharks at the beginning, which was funny. Yeah, that is like a frightening image. Yeah. The like multiple shark heads chasing them. And I was like, I, I, I was like, I don't remember this. I was like, did something come out of this? No. Yeah. That one shark eats that their one, seagull. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Another scary ass looking shark. They, they had no way to cook that. They were going to just devour a raw dead bird. Yeah. Which is horrifying. And they don't get it, and they're just, they're both basically accepting death. And Miguel's like, Julio, did you ever think it would end like this? And Julio says, the horse is a surprise. (laughs) Oh, my God. And they're just like, you know, you were my best friend. He's like, you made my life an adventure. He's like, do you have any regrets? Julio's just like, I never had enough gold. (laughs) Dude's got a one-track mind. He really does. He does. And they wash up on a beach somewhere, and uh, they're you know rejoicing. They made it to land, and Miguel realizes this is the the place on the map. This is where El Dorado is. So he convinces Tulio to you know go on the hunt down El Dorado with him. And there's a nice you know montage to the song "The Trail We Blaze." Which is- the trail we blaze. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, none of the, but it's, again, it's Elton John, man. It, you know? It's no circle of life, but no, we work with what we got here. Yeah. And, um, it's no circle of life. <laughs> they go through the, the little, you know, the images on the map, they end up at this giant rock and <laughs> Tulio freaks out because he thinks this is the end of the trail. And he says, apparently El Dorado is native for great big rock. <laughs> so angry. I'm feeling generous, so you can have my share. God, he's just such a dick. <laughs> oh, man. And as they're about to leave, Chell shows up out of nowhere with this golden idol thing being chased by the guards, which is very interesting because as the movie shows, they really don't have any use for the gold. Like, so why were they freaking out? I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, uh, the introduction's not the greatest, yeah. And she clearly showed, you know, she wants to get out, but why does, she knows how to get out. So why didn't she leave before the gods showed up, or why does she even need them to leave? I don't know. <sighs> I, I guess she needs, um... Protection? Transport? Yeah, yeah, I guess... But do they even know they're on an island? Oh, I don't know. Because as far as, like, I don't think anybody's left this city. I don't think they know any. They don't know anything about the world outside. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, the outside they would have known Miguel and Tulio were lying their asses off. I don't. I don't know. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, I bet they're going to answer them in the next you know movies that are supposed to come after this. But yeah, I bet. Yeah. 
such a damn shame. I would have loved to have seen it. dude. You know, with the advent of all these, you know, reboots and yeah. series and stuff, yeah. I want somebody to bring this back. Do some of El Dorado, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> the guards of El Dorado grab Miguel and Tulio and Altivo, believing them to be the gods that are shown in this big rock, the deities who created El Dorado, including Altivo. They yeah. think he's a god, too. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, as they go through the gate, they realize we found it. It's El Dorado, the city of gold. And, uh, sorry. But I just recently finished playing the Uncharted games. Mm -hmm. In the first game, Uncharted Drake's Fortune, you're trying to find El Dorado, but it's revealed that El Dorado is not actually a city. It's this gold statue that turns people into mindless zombies whenever they touch it. So that's all I'm seeing now. Jesus. It's a great... Oh, it's fucking That's scary, awesome. man. Yeah. Apparently, like, inside the statue, the statue's actually a coffin, and inside is, like, their chief who had this, like, once-in-a-lifetime psycho illness that caused the entire civilization to collapse because they turned into zombies whenever they touched him. Yeah. Wow. Brilliant. And then that movie Tomb Raider from t- uh, two years ago totally ripped that off. Exact same story. I never watched that. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's the same story. I'm not interested in, in, yeah. It wasn't bad. I just don't. I don't know. But... That's what I associate El Dorado with now. So I needed this back to like to, bring yeah. it back to being, you know, City of Gold. Yeah, the animated, beautiful City of Gold. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So they're led up to the steps of a big pyramid. Which this also would give away that they're not gods because they can barely get up the fucking steps. <laughs> yeah. And when they're, when they're, I love that when they're walking, they finally get up there and they look behind them. And they're like, oh, oh. <laughs> all poised. Yeah. What's up? Oh, yeah. Well, first they get. Introdu- introduced by Zekul Khan, who comes out and says, the gods have returned. And they're like, hmm, let's, let's do something with this. And they put on a big show of like, I am Miguel and I am Tulio. And they call us Miguel and Tulio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, so good. good. <laughs> so that's when the guy, you know, they say like, you know, we don't, like, you don't want us to show off our wrath. And Zekul Khan's like, yes, we do. So let's see Show it. us something divine. And they're like, I love Tulio tells Your Miguel. divinity. Yeah. Like, you know that little voice inside people's heads that tell them to quit when they're ahead? You don't, you don't have, have one. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to figure out a way to show off their divinity. And this volcano in the background is about to erupt. And Tulio just yells, stop. And the volcano stops erupting. I always wondered about that. Yeah. Like, it, coincidence? Are they really gods? Are the real gods there and like backing them up? Yeah. I don't know. Fucking with them? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> well, this would be good. Check this out. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, get over here. There's yeah. some assholes pretending to yo, be us. Yo, God. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Let's see how this plays out. <laughs> uh, I bet that shit happens all the time. <laughs> oh, man. The gods. Like, uh, I bet God, like, to like televangelist or something, God just, like, watch, like, look at this piece of shit. Pretending to be... You oh. see this guy? <laughs> My will. <laughs> what? <laughs> you mean rain and mass destruction? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I love that My show. will? I would love to see a story from the perspective of God just being like, what the hell is happening on this planet? These people think I actually created them? I leave you alone for 2,000 oh. years and this is what happens? Jesus Christ. You think I'd let you come on Earth by my choice? Oh, oh man, come on. Oh. <laughs> That's why I love This is the End so much, because it kind of fucks with that, yeah. that idea of, like, 
at one point, Craig Robinson's like looking at a Bible and he's like, oh man, I know what those are. They're from where the wild things are. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, great. So now that uh, <clears throat> they've kind of proven themselves as gods. Yeah. They have to like go with it now. Yeah. yeah. They're led up to their their quarters and Zekul Khan and the chief are at odds with one another because they both want to please the gods. But Zekul Khan thinks that the gods are here to punish the city and the chief just thinks the gods are here to show them the way. And bless them, yeah. Bless them and yeah. just kind of make their city prosperous. And it, yeah, this is, I love the uh, the back and forth between them. And Tulio and Miguel pick on pick up on this immediately. Oh, yeah. And decide to play them up against each other in order to get more gold out of them. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Chell immediately picks up on what they're doing. And is like, look, you don't know anything about the culture of this city, and you're going to need me. And she's got a point. She's like, you guys eventually want to leave. I want to escape this place so I can go travel and see the world. Yeah. It does. It does. Her... I agree. I think her introduction's kind of weak, but once you like get into like the play, she's like totally necessary for the movie because, yeah. like, yeah, like you said she, they like need that knowledge of her kind of backing them mm-hmm. as far as culture stuff goes. So yeah, true. It it totally is necessary once you it starts going. An, you need an inside man for this kind of job. Yes, <laughs> and the, in that case, it's Chell, Chell yeah. Dorado. Yeah, they're both smitten, and Tulia is the guy who's like, whoa, 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 she's whoa. gorgeous. It's a gorgeous cartoon. It's a yeah. yeah it's just so strange. It's like, imagine if you had a little voice. Yeah. What would it say about Chell? Yeah. Miguel purrs. It's like, no, no, no. no the voice, come yeah, on. Think about it. It's like, all right, so Chell's off limits. Bravo. Yeah, oh, it is there. <laughs> My God. And he's the idiot who sleeps with her. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting there. Yes. <laughs> so the chief organizes a party for them. They have a song they sing. It's good to be a god. I think is what the song's called. And <laughs> they have a great time partying at night. And when they wake up, Jekyll Khan is there to perform a human sacrifice in their honor. And this is more in tune with the real Mayan and Aztec culture. Yes. Human sacrifice happened all the time to the sun, to the harvest, to Tuesday, whatever the fuck. They carved up people all the time. And uh, the gods stop this. And say that the stars are not in alignment. Yeah, yeah. Stars can't do it. Not today. <laughs> that is a genius line. St- Miguel, stars can't do it. Wonderful. Stars can't. Do it. I want that on a shirt so bad. Stars dot 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 can't do it. And on the back, it just says not today. Yeah, Miguel. That'd be beautiful. Uh, Miguel, circa 1590. <laughs> That'd be great. Somewhere in... God of El Dorado. Somewhere in Central America. So uh, the chief has a better idea for a tribute. It's a shit ton of gold. And they're going to send yeah. it to Shibala, the spirit world. They don't know what the hell that means. So they just... The people start chucking the gold into the whirlpool. And Tulio's like, no. He's, he's like, what are they doing? So Chell cuts in, tells them that the gods was to bask in their gold. So the chief stops it, and they take all the tribute to the temple. Bask. <laughs> to bask. Yeah. Because they need to, like, find a plan and kill time. Have you ever had an opportunity to bask? No. In anything? I would rather... <laughs> I w- my favorite basking moment from any movie or TV show is definitely Heel, when Heel 
<laughs> lays down all the millions of dollars. That's Walter's money. You know, I gotta. That's an awesome. Yeah, because I would do the same thing. It's just like ah. <laughs> you just got millions of dollars around you. That's pretty pretty amazing. Dude, you know? he's just like we're here to move the money, not <laughs> play like Scrooge McDuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be. The but no, I have not been able to bask in it. <laughs> One day, I'm gonna bask. It's on my, it's on my to-do list. I swear list. to God, I'm going to bask. What, the stars will align one yes, day. God damn it. I'm going to jump into a bunch of gold like Scrooge McDuck. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to die because it's not a liquid. It's going to kill me. But it'll be fun. How'd he die? Gold. Lots of it. Oh, good. So, Cortez lands on the beach. He sees the longboat. He sees a track. It's these tracks into the jungle, and now we're like, oh, shit. And honestly, I wish there had been more of a confrontation. Yeah, and and he would have gotten there quicker. Yes. It takes way too long. It takes, like, days. And he needs, he needs a guide. Yeah. They have a track. Like, mm-hmm, I don't know. Yeah, that, bo- that, bo- that made Cortez seem, like, slow. How did Je- Jekyll Khan even know how to get there? Because they've never left the city. That's true, too. Mm. that's true too but I wanted there to be like you know a fight me too the bad guy gets his well yeah with all this with all this like fucking like sexual tension between the characters you think they'd give us like some violence too yeah <laughs> you know, let's just go ahead and go ahead and do it all I don't you've know. got the like Tulio really he says get the hell out of here several times yeah that's holy shit I've never heard that in a cartoon well in a kid's cartoon <laughs> yeah 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 I mean you know. I saw Sausage Party I've seen it all now um, family, family Guy's been frequently watched yeah you know <laughs> So, Tulio is getting nervous about the con. He thinks, you know, they're stretching themselves thin, that somebody's going to realize, you know, that this isn't happening, that they're not real. They decide to tell the chief that they have to leave. They need a boat ready in three days. The chief's like, I thought you were going to stay with us forever. And Tulio's like, well, as they say in the spirit world, there's your plan and there's the God's plan. (laughs) It's so arrogant. (laughs) Uh, So they start building the boat. Miguel, uh, Tulio tells Miguel to stay in the temple for three days. Don't bother anybody. Don't go into the city. Just don't push your luck. Miguel immediately takes off, goes to check shit out, starts introduces music to these people, uh, goes against Jekyll Khan's orders, tells them, you know, nobody's, you know, I'm not, I've been giving a lot of orders lately, haven't I, apparently? Pretty crazy. And uh, they start playing, he starts playing a game with these kids, ball with these kids, and, uh, that was a pretty cool scene where they end up playing this giant ball game. Oh, I love that. <laughs> what is that game? I don't know. I know. I, it, I've I've heard vaguely about that in Aztec culture. It must have been. Yeah. It's some super game. And in, it really was true. Like the losing team was sacrificed. Yeah. That yeah. Really no, did I, believe happen. I believe that. Well, it was like really cool how they like were like, when does the game end? It's like when the sun hits a certain point. That's so cool. Yeah. So Tulio and Miguel are like, you know, we can't lose. We're the gods. And so they have to f- prove themselves here. And Chell uses that armadillo as the ball to make it look like the uh, the gods are winning. Which yeah. Which is interesting. Because they're playing like, it's like two on eight. It's like yeah. eight of the best ball players in El Dorado versus the two gods. And I love when he's like, I hope this will be enough competition for you to make it like interesting, you know? Yeah. And at first they're just getting killed. And they're like, oh, <laughs> But prior to this scene, we get this. We get the sex scene. Yeah, we do. I was about to say. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Big, big stuff here. Um, you also have Chell saying to Miguel, 
I'll, you know, I'll, I'll cover for you. And she totally doesn't as he goes into the city to like hang out with the people. Yeah. And Tulio asks her, where is Miguel? And she's like, I don't know. It's like, man. Yeah. What the fuck, Chell? She wanted to get him alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's when, yeah, you have Tulio like freaking out about the con and he, she, she starts like massaging him and he like. Well, I love that one part where he's like, on one hand, gold. On the other, painful, agonizing failure. failure. Yeah. This big mural of a dude getting stabbed to death. So good. And he wants, she wants him to massage her and she's, he says like, well, I don't really trust you. And she says, I'm not asking you to trust me. Like very, like not very veiled uh, innuendo here. It's no. pretty obvious. No. For the adults. And Tulio starts moaning. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Chekhov Khan shows up to talk to Tulio about human sacrifice and Chell says like, what is he going to say when he, if he catches me with one of the gods? And Tulio's like, lucky God. Yeah. <laughs> He's got like stars in his eyes. Yeah. His hair's all messed up. Yeah. She, they're, yeah. They're like <laughs> scattered. Yeah. Like they totally just boned. Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. So weird. I, there's nothing like that. Any other that I can think of. I, nah, man. Yeah. Even, I even Shrek goes that far. No, like, no, <laughs> not even ants, man. Yeah. I have not seen ants. I think you would like it. Yeah. I do. It's got some adult stuff <laughs> adult stuff in there for sure. But it is so weird that it came out the same year as Bugs Life. That's not an accident. You fuckers, yeah. <laughs> you fuckers. There's a couple every, you know, a couple years you get one year where there's two movies that were clearly made from the same script that got sent to different filmmakers <laughs> or something. And the studios decided to just do their thing, you know. Olympus has fallen and White House down, Mars attacks and Independence Day. It happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Ants in a bug's life. Big time. Finding Nemo and Shark Tale. Yeah. No Ugh. kidding. So, <laughs> <sighs> um, Miguel and Tulio end up winning the game. On the last one, it was like a legit ball, which was tense. Yeah, because they think they're playing with this made-up ball, right? Yeah. They think it's the armadillo. Then all of a sudden, they get switched back. And Shell's like, that's not the ball. But they're, they're like, their minds are so like, oh, we can do whatever we want. And they're like, they just keep playing. And that's when, yeah, the horse, like, jumps up, and then it's, like, slow motion, and Miguel kicks it, like, bicycle kicks it. So cool. It's a good thing the armadillo decided to head towards the hoop. <laughs> no kidding. Not just take off. Yeah. <laughs> just leave, yeah. And then they've all been freaking out, yeah. So they win, but <coughs> Tulio elbows Miguel in the eye and hurts him a little bit. And Tackle Khan says, so would you like the, the losing team to be sacrificed now or later? Miguel is like, all right, enough with this shit. We're not sacrificing anybody. That's over. Get the hell out of my city. And everyone's like, woo. Which is weird because everyone is like shocked at the idea of human sacrifice. Yeah. That's not the case. No. 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 If anything, it would have been weird to not do it. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, it's an incomplete game. Yeah. But Chekhov Khan sees the blood coming out of Miguel's wound and is like, oh, okay. I see what's going on. And he goes back to his temple and realizes, all right, they're not gods. They're playing us. And it took you long enough, you dumbass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it took you a few days. God. <laughs> so Miguel talks to the chief about the ship and kind of insinuates that he wants to stay. And uh, chief implies that he knows they're human too. Oh, yeah. Big time. A couple times, yeah. But he's, you know, he just likes having them around because they're, he, at least Miguel is a decent dude who's yeah, not he's, trying yeah. to fuck them. Yeah. And, uh, Tulio is into Chell and kind of trusting her more than Miguel, and he just wants to get out of there and leave. 
and he and Miguel have a falling out. But Chekhov Khan decides he's had enough. He's taking this city for himself. He uses magic to... He kills that guy. That one, like, servant guy just kicks him in the soup. <laughs> and, uh... Flesh. Yeah, creepy. He brings the statue of a jaguar to life, and they uh, it comes out of the temple and starts chasing down the fake gods. Yeah. And, uh... Pretty intense. They end up on the... Uh, the chopping block, like over aboard the uh, right above Shibalba, the whirlpool, and Chekhov Khan's like, "I know you're not gods," and that's when Miguel and Tulio have that same fake out argument they had at the beginning, except this time it's a lot more real. Yes, because they're actually airing some grievances. Tulio's like, "You're not a god. You lied to me." Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> so good. You're not a god. <laughs> you mean you're just a human? Oh, it's only been one god this whole time? Oh, my God. I've been... Oh. <laughs> oh, man. So they start, you know, slapping each other and fighting, and then they both deck Jekyll Khan. So good. Big punch. Caught me off guard. Yeah. This time again, yeah. <laughs> Caught me off guard. Jekyll Khan wakes up, brings the statue back. The st- that makes the statue jump at them. They jump out of the way, and the statue jumps on him, causes the platform to break. He and the statue fall into the whirlpool and get sucked away. Jekyll Khan comes out of the waterfall uh, outside the city, ends up right at the feet of Cortez. Yes. And Cortez, he he sees Cortez as the true god who's there to purge the city, the one that he wanted. Cortez puts a gun to his face and looks at his gold earrings and says, where did you get this? And Jekyll Khan's going to lead them to El Dorado. Woo! Creepy. Super creepy. And uh, Miguel has decided to stay... Tulio and Chell are going to go. They have that bittersweet song, Friends Never Say Goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) Tulio just rips up the map like a dick. And uh, they're going to have a farewell celebration. They've loaded up the ship with all the gold, and they see smoke in the distance. And Miguel realizes, oh shit, it's Cortez. And one of the scouts tells the chief that there's been men sighted outside the city and she's like, don't worry, they'll never find the city. And they're like, but Jekyll Khan is leading them. And he's like, oh shit, prepare yourselves for battle. They're coming. And uh, Tulio has a plan to crash the boat into the pillars outside the city and block off the entrance. So hiding the city forever. But in order to do that, he has to ditch the gold. Yeah. And he's like, chief, <laughs> the weak way he said that. It's funny. Still wants that gold. Yeah. It's all, he'd, rather, he'd rather die. He doesn't learn anything. No. <laughs> uh, so they're going to row the boat into the into the uh, pillars. But first they have to like drop this giant pillar to form a wave to give them enough momentum to do that. And the sail gets stuck on the boat. And Tulio and Chell aren't going to make it. So Miguel sacrifices his... like. Godhood, I guess, is like, you know, he sacrifices El Dorado to go save his best friend and open the sale and they reconcile and it's good. It's nice. It is nice. Nice. Much needed. Yeah. And that closure. Yeah, of course. The wave happens. They turn the boat, crash the pillars, lose all the gold, but they crush the gate to the city and Cortez finds just a bunch of rocks and he is pissed. Yes. He calls Jekyll Khan a lying heathen. Ooh. And he's going to 
sell him into slavery and just destroy his life. He might just shoot him in the back of the head. We yeah. don't know. He's not. Yeah, his, he's not going to have a life. Yeah, no, his life is over. And as they're as they're dragging him away, he sees Miguel Tulio Chell and the horse just waving at him, and he's like, "Wait up! Hold on! No! No!" He's freaking out. Ugh. So good. I don't know. I felt kind of bad for him in that part. Yeah, but it was just great to see the others. <coughs> excuse me. The others like got to you know. Eh. Yeah, they got the hat. Pull one on him. Yeah. And they're just like, we had so much gold. <laughs> they're just crying. Altivo still got gold horseshoes, and yeah. he's like, I'm gonna hide that. <laughs> so good. So Chell's just like, you know, hey, let's go. You know, we got other adventures to look forward to. She's excited to be out. She gets to see the world. Yeah. And. The song, you know, the songs pick up. They head off into the wilderness, and there's no way in hell Cortez doesn't find them. <laughs> I, know, I know they're gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> but that's the movie. It's it's funny and it's cute and it's hilarious and I love it and I give it a nine. <laughs> wow, I can't. I, I give I give it an eight. Uh, I think what's holding it back from a nine because I do personally like love it so much and think it's hilarious. Yeah. I think what's holding it back is a couple of those like fundamental like things that are, seem kind of easy to patch up. Yeah, like the beginning with Chell, where you're quite not quite sure with like why like why she just escape, you know that sort of thing. That doesn't bother me nearly as much yeah. as the want of a confrontation with Cortez. Yes, again. agreed. That Which is what holds with. it from a ten. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> if you got like the ultimate Tulio and Miguel versus Cortez, that would have been awesome. Yeah, but he would have killed their asses. There's no yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they would have had to drop something on him, or I don't know. Yeah, this movie's great, man. It's great. It and I, I great. hope it opens up the door to like more uh, animated movies for us, which I think I'm it will. sure it will. Yeah. Weird that this is our first one. I know. I'm <laughs> glad it was. The Road to El Dorado, 20th anniversary. Well done. Yeah. Fun movie. So good. Came out when we were five. Yeah. And I've been watching it ever since. Yeah, for the past 20 years. Yeah. I'm so glad I finally own it on DVD. And I will be watching it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I could just throw it on, you know. It's one of those, like, comfort... It's like a comfort movie. Just throw it on. Have, have some fun. Yeah. It's an hour 20, 29. Exactly, yeah. Why not speed through it? Yeah. That, I think that about wraps it up for The Road to El Dorado. Yeah. Um, what do we have coming this week? I guess this is going to... Exorcist 2? Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's our... Yeah, I believe. Yeah. We're recording this on... Uh, Saturday, the March 21st. March 21st. Yeah, we're recording this a little early. So tomorrow we have like, I know this is weird. Yeah. As of recording, tomorrow we'll be launching Tommy Boy. Exactly. Which will already be out. Yes. And uh, yeah, we'll also be doing. Meaning Tommy Boy was our 1995. Yes. Here's our 2000. Yes. We'll be doing a 2005 next. Yeah. So, you know, just constant content. Keep you guys busy during the quarantine. Yeah. And uh, yeah. We'll, we'll be here to talk about movies. For sure, Some yeah. Some guys are not going anywhere. No, and I think it's, it's been really cool to see like all the podcasts and like that kind of stuff, the media stuff, keep going. Yeah. And keep churning stuff out, yeah, because people are just kind of hanging out at home, yeah. doing their thing, you know, so you just want to, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to have, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately myself, while well, I've just been kind of sitting at home, maybe writing or doing something, and it's just nice to have, you know, have to have that new content, even if it's not new um, subjects, you know what I mean? Without so, a doubt. Yeah. We'll see you next time, and uh, you know, keep on listening. And thanks. Yeah, and uh, you know, stay away from uh, weird maps. And yeah. if you somehow <laughs> manage to run into the conquistadors, run in the other direction because they're going to fuck up your culture. Just don't even go to Spain in the 1500s. Just no. stay away. Bad idea. Stay away from that era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> you guys have a good week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>